everyone, and welcome to the Empowering Dietitians podcast, where each week I dive into a specific topic to help you feel more confident and connected to your work as a dietitian. This week, I'm continuing with my archive series. While I'm on my honeymoon, I'm going to be re-airing some of my most powerful episodes from the archive. I know archived episodes won't be everyone's favorite, so if you're looking for new ones, I'll be back mid-October with those. In the meantime, this is a really good one because it is all about stopping burnout in its tracks. Now, as someone who over the past year has probably pushed herself to the edge of burnout more times than she can count, thanks to grad school and wedding planning and building a business and, oh yeah, a global pandemic, I know a thing or two about flirting dangerously with this beast. And I've got a lot of clients who push the limits too. It's not ideal. In an ideal world, we don't let ourselves get close. But let's face it, we don't live in an ideal world. So if you find yourself teetering on the brink of burnout and looking to pump the brakes hard and fast, this is the episode you want to listen to. And if you like this one, I've got a whole bunch of new episodes all about burnout coming to you as soon as I'm back from my vacation. So stay tuned for those two. All right, welcome everyone to another episode. And I have to give a disclaimer before we jump into this one because I'm currently sitting here uh, on a hot spot on my phone, no internet in the house, waiting for the internet guys to call and say that they're going to be here for our scheduled appointment, trying to cram this episode in less than 24 hours before it's supposed to air and publish. Um, And I'm really hoping that I don't get interrupted. So we're crossing our fingers that I get through this whole thing without a phone call. um, And this goes smoothly. But if you notice Toby like loudly barking in the background, or I get a weird call and have to pause for a second, We're flying by the seat of our pants today, but it's going to be okay. So today I want to talk about burnout. And specifically, it's because recently I've been noticing this ominous sense of burnout in my life. For a minute, I was actually afraid that I, I hadn't caught it quickly enough and that I wouldn't be able to stop its impending doom from progressing and unfolding. That's the thing with with burnout there tends to be a tipping point where once you hit it, there's no doing damage control to dial it back. I first noticed that I was experiencing a decrease in motivation across the board. I wanted to do nothing but stay in pajamas and curl up on the couch with Toby and Justin and binge watch the Umbrella Academy on Netflix. I didn't want to cook. I didn't want to do chores. I didn't want to come up with social media posts. What was the scariest part, though, was that there were even days where I didn't want to have client calls. Now, to all of my incredible clients listening, let's get one thing squared away. Every single time I speak to you, I end the call with a renewed sense of enthusiasm and positivity. Even when you're in the thick of it, too, and we're working through a lot of complex issues on the call, you remind me why I love what I do. And it means the world to me that I can be there for you. It's also 100% normal to, in spite of all of that, have days where you wonder how much of yourself you have to give. I do not feel guilty for that, and I don't want any of the dietitians listening to feel guilty if you've experienced that before. I don't care how much you love your job. 
there are going to be days where you don't want to do it. There are going to be days where you have a lot of your own stress to deal with, and it's hard to take on the stress, emotions, and challenges of your clients or patients. Now, sometimes this is a a fleeting feeling, but other times, and this is where we want to pay attention, it's a warning sign that your schedule and workload are unsustainable. So when I start to notice that apathy, that that like lack of motivation and the f- fatigue starts to crop up, I paid attention immediately. I have a lot on my plate right now. There's there's no denying that. I often do. I gravitate towards keeping busy more often than not. I don't know if any of you can relate. I know a bunch of my dietitian clients can. But it can be a dangerous line to walk. I know that my capacity for taking on all of my projects and goals will change day to day and season to season. So what I may have been able to handle last year or last month or even yesterday is not going to be the same as what I can handle today. This is especially true as we're continuing to go through this global pandemic because our nerves are constantly on edge and our capacity is constantly shifted from what we're used to. So this is a conversation I'm, I'm also having a lot with a lot of the people that I work with. So the same is, is going to be true for you. There are going to be days and seasons and months that you're going to be able to take on more than others. Now we can't predict when that's going to happen. So the best thing that we can do is to stay connected to ourselves so that we can quickly recognize when our capacities are limited. And we need to do whatever it takes to protect ourselves. So when I noticed this happening, I had a choice. I could A, go down the rabbit hole of all of the like, what ifs? What if I couldn't handle everything? How could I possibly give something up? What if I couldn't prevent the burnout because I was catching it too late? And how devastating that would be if that were true, because the only way out of a burnout is to completely stop virtually everything and rest for an extended period of time until you recharge. And the idea of doing that felt even more overwhelming. Because I definitely, I couldn't have afforded to take all of this time off from absolutely everything, right? Or option B, the alternative was that I could take stock of all of my commitments and relentlessly do whatever I needed to do eliminate whatever I needed to eliminate to create a schedule and lifestyle that was going to be sustainable. So that's the one that I chose. And I'm going to outline a few things that I did, and maybe they will spark some ideas for you if you're looking at ways that you can trim back and, and try to prevent overwhelm and burnout before it builds too much. So some of the things that I did was first, I spoke to my personal trainer. Shout out to Mark Breeden from Training Strong Women. Um, He was on the podcast the other month. Um, We switched to mini workouts that I could do in less than 10 minutes so that I can still move my body, but in realistic and non-intimidating ways. When you work at least eight hours a day and drive home and have two to three back-to-back client calls and all of this other stuff that you're trying to do to be human and a business owner and all of these things... 45-minute workouts are not going to happen. Some weeks, I get two of the minis in. Others, it's four. This week, as I'm recording this, it's Saturday, the last day of my week, and I have not done one yet. It's okay. I also started recycling more of my Instagram content, so I have less work to do on social media, and I gave myself permission to be less active on stories. 
I gave myself a hard cutoff of six clients, which I reached just the other week. So I now have a waiting list only. I will not be taking on new clients while my current client list is with me. Will that potentially slow the growth of my business? Yeah, in the short term. But it will allow me to stay committed to the clients I do have and really show up for them and sustain my energy in order to grow it further down the road. Also, during the last week of summer grad classes last month in September, I took the week off of wedding planning completely because I had a lot of things due all at once, so I had to cut something out, so I paused the wedding planning. Now that I have a few weeks off of grad school, I'm doing more of the the wedding planning, and if I have to plan the wedding this way in bits and pieces and ebbs and flows, then that's what I'll do. It will get done. I will get married. I will be happy that day. I also stopped taking guests temporarily on the podcast, so I I don't have anyone scheduled currently. I have people I would like to ask, but I feel like at this time, it's going to be too much. So on the one hand, guests are easier, at least the way that I run my podcast. I don't have to really outline or write out what I want to say um, when I have a guest on. It's a much more informal conversation, so there is less planning on my part, as opposed to these episodes, which... I outline extensively and and kind of have this big planning session. But I gave myself permission to stop networking for a little bit and to stop needing to have everything organized ahead of time. I am really excited to bring guests onto the show in the future, but for right now, it's going to be plain old me. Um, this way I can hop on and record an episode or two when I have the time and I don't have to worry about coordinating schedules with someone else, which... If you saw my calendar, you'd quickly see why that is so challenging. Now, if I need to, I can take more drastic measures. I can take a semester off of school or a quarter off of school. I can take a break from social media. I can even pause episodes on this podcast. I'm hoping it won't come to that. Even with the changes that I mentioned above, I'm already feeling better and more motivated and less stressed. But I can assure you that if it is ever a decision between burnout and making a pretty big sacrifice to prevent it, I will be choosing myself and taking care of myself without a moment's hesitation. Which leads me to what I want to discuss today, really. Because when we're talking about burnout, what we're really talking about is self-care. And self-care is a pretty funny topic for dietitians. On the one hand, We understand its importance. We tell our patients and clients all the time that self-care is critical. If I ask you if you believe that self-care is important, I will bet that you'd say, yeah, absolutely, of course. On the other hand, dietitians hate it when I talk about self-care on any of my platforms. And maybe hate is a, a strong word. Many dietitians don't like being told that they could benefit from more self-care. I find this uh, very curious. My podcasts about self-care, my social media posts about self-care, they fall uh, pretty flat. They don't seem to resonate with many of you. Yet, I have the job that I have. My business exists specifically because dietitians are collectively feeling burnt out, undervalued, overwhelmed, and stressed. My business exists because a lot of dietitians do not have the self-care thing as 
like quote unquote down pat as they think. So I want to talk about it and hopefully find a way of discussing it and framing it that does resonate with you a little bit better. Now, a lot of people, when they think of self-care, they think of lifestyle habits, finding joyful movement, choosing nutritious foods, getting adequate sleep, and of course, the infamous bubble baths, right? (laughs) Now, these things are all self-care. They are also the self-care that most dietitians tend to be pretty good at. That's not a universal guarantee, and it can fluctuate depending on what's going on in your life. Um, and what I mean by that is you may, you may be more challenged at some points with exercise, like I was this week, or sleep, like some of my clients are, more than at other points, or maybe compared to your peers. But as a general rule of thumb, dietitians have this version of self-care down pretty well. And because of that, or at least this is my theory... Dietitians don't always appreciate hearing about self-care. They kind of think like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I've got this. Because we're the ones teaching it and preaching it all of the time for our jobs. So we feel like we already know all that we need to know about self-care. And we don't need some random dietitian on a podcast or Instagram helping us with our own self-care. The thing is that none of those things are really what self-care means, or at least they are only one type of self-care. Specifically, they tend to be about physical self-care. You can be doing all of those things, the nutrition, the movement, the sleep, the bubble baths, and still careening headfirst into burnout territory, feeling stressed and overwhelmed and questioning every personal and professional decision you've ever made. Because If we limit our conversation about self-care to only the physical stuff, or even maybe physical and mental, we're still only scratching the surface. Trust me, I know this firsthand. So then, what is self-care, like, in all of its forms? I'm not going to give you a textbook definition or cite a half a dozen peer-reviewed sources here. I'm going to share with you what I've learned, both from myself and the challenges that my dietitian clients have faced. So take it for what you will, but give it some thought before completely writing it off. Self-care at its core is all about intuition. It is about learning how to reconnect to yourself physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And then setting boundaries based on what you learn and observe about yourself. Self-care isn't a checklist that you mark off. It's a commitment to regular reflection, curiosity, and introspection. How are you feeling right now? How have you been feeling? How do you want to feel moving forward? And lastly, what do you need to get there? These are the questions that we want to be asking ourselves to ensure that we're taking optimal care of ourselves and not going to burn out. We need to think past physical self-care and also consider things like financial self-care, intellectual self-care, emotional self-care, spiritual self-care, and social self-care. And if you haven't explored any or all of these other aspects of self-care, it might be a big reason why you're currently feeling so overwhelmed. Maybe one of these other areas is the real issue and no amount of exercise or sleep is going to fix it. Self-care 
absolutely means carving out time for you. But before you fill that time with more activities and goals and tasks and expectations, reserve some of it for quiet reflection. Journal, meditate, pray, breathe, do a body scan, spend some time with yourself. Whether we're introverted or extroverted, we all need this to some capacity. Now, I I want to pause here to acknowledge that being alone with your body and your thoughts can be overwhelming for some people. If you've experienced trauma in your life or you for any reason feel unable to safely and securely have this quiet time for reflection, please consider working with a professional mental health counselor who's trained in trauma. That isn't something I'm qualified to help you navigate, certainly not over an impersonal podcast, but if you're struggling, I would be happy to try to point you in the right direction to find someone who is. You're not alone. Now, once we are able to do that and navigate this kind of quiet time, the next part of self-care is being honest with ourselves about our current capacity and how sustainable our work ethic and ambitions are. Can you juggle everything that you've taken on and still feel happy and fulfilled and avoid burnout? That means that a big part of self-care is saying no, setting and enforcing boundaries, and sometimes letting other people down. This tends to fall under the category of occupational self-care, though it isn't always confined to work situations alone. And this one's hard, like really hard, especially for my fellow type A perfectionists out there. The idea of letting others down and in turn, letting our own expectations for ourselves down can feel unconscionable. But I can assure you that letting someone or yourself down now with something small is often a whole lot better than letting everyone down when you hit rock bottom, burnout, and anything short of clicking the next episode on Netflix feels draining and overwhelming to you, right? And and even then, we do what we need to do. There's no shame or guilt if you've made it to that point. But if we can prevent it now, By letting ourselves down in a small way, it can often prevent it from spiraling into something much worse or much harder to navigate. Plus, sometimes we think that saying no or letting go of an obligation is going to have all of these negative consequences and everyone's going to think poorly of us and have the absolute worst case scenario unfold before your very eyes. But then we actually do it and nothing bad really happens except grappling with our own disappointment. Our anxieties like to make big and gigantic deals out of those what-if scenarios. The reality, though, is often much more manageable and much less extreme. So we often think of acts of self-care as actions that we're taking to improve ourselves like fitness, nutrition and cooking, investing in ourselves and our futures and putting ourselves first. But really, self-care is doing whatever you need to do with intention to support your holistic well-being. And sometimes that means that self-care is doing less, a lot less. Sometimes it means self-care is doing nothing at all. Sometimes it means speaking up or finding a therapist or working with a supervisor for support. 
So if you feel like you're sleeping and getting those endorphins flowing with movement and all of the self-care things, but you're still feeling overwhelmed and overworked and undervalued and losing motivation for the things you love or feeling resentful toward people you love for having more time or energy or fun, maybe we need to look at self-care from a different angle. I don't care how hard you pushed yourself when you were in college or last year or last month. If right now it's not working, it is not working. And if that's how you feel right now, I want to outline some things that you can do. First, stop. Pause. Do some breathing exercises. Slow that brain down of yours for a minute. Make sure that you're not doing things that you don't need to be doing. I know everything feels urgent and important. That's the society that we live in. And it's the pressure that we place on ourselves being so high-achieving, hardworking, type-A perfectionists. But I can assure you, they are not all nearly as urgent or important as they feel. Spend your time doing what matters. Get creative about delegating or eliminating or streamlining tasks that don't. Also make sure that you are doing things that you want to be doing. Not every second of the day, you know, sometimes you have to do things that you don't enjoy, but we have to find a frequency that feels rejuvenating for you. I used to take Fridays off from work completely. I mean, I I work my day job, but once I got home, I didn't do anything productive. I still do that, but especially through this global pandemic, as I start to add things like wedding planning onto my plate and, and I have much more that I'm grappling with, I've started to recognize that I actually need more than just those Fridays. So I'm playing around with different ideas and experiments with my time and schedule to accommodate that. Another thing that you can do is you can challenge your perfectionism. It can often lead us to spending more time than is necessary on a task. You know, crafting the perfect email and rereading it 20 times to make sure that it sounds just right before you hit send. Or taking the online grad school quiz a second time because it was the best of two attempts and you just want a few extra points. Making handouts for clients look like works of art. You have to find ways to let things go and risk imperfection if you want to keep your sanity. I know it's hard. I'm right there with you. I've been the one rereading my email a thousand times over and all of those other things, but it is possible and it is important. And lastly, ask for help and support. Delegate. I know that it's hard to give up control. I know that most of us are the ones that were like, in school projects and group projects, we were the ones that did everything because no one else would do it if we didn't. So we've got in the habit of doing everything on our own, but we cannot be Wonder Woman. That does not make you less amazing because you cannot do it all and keep your sanity. It makes you human. And if you're thinking like, oh my God, Jess, (laughs) I don't even know where to start with any of that. Ask for the ultimate help. Get supervision or mental health counseling support. I know I'm biased. This is what I do, but I do it because I'm so passionate about how helpful it is. So 
what can you do? You can get on my waiting list. I, I likely won't be seeing new clients until close to the end of the year, but it doesn't hurt to be on the list. I don't know when my availability will change. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you've been following me on Instagram and you can relate to a lot of what I talk about, that means that you can relate to a lot of the stuff that I help support dietitians with in the program. And you can apply at empoweringdietitians.com slash apply. Now, if you don't want to wait that long, reach out to another supervisor or therapist. No one should delay getting help when they need it. I would love to be the one to help you, but I'd rather you find support ASAP. Burnout is delicate, and if we pass its tipping point, no amount of damage control will stop it from developing. If you don't know where to turn for help, contact me. I'm not just going to say apply to my list or you know, there's no one else out there. I will help you find what you need. Because burnout does not need to be inevitable. But we do need to talk more about self-care because until we recognize that what we're doing isn't working and that there's more to self-care than what at first meets the eye, we will be hard-pressed to pull ourselves out of the depths of overwhelm and stress for any length of time. As I close out this episode, I want to extend an open invitation to you. I want to know what your thoughts are about burnout and self-care, especially about self-care. So send me a message on Instagram at empowering.dietitians. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowering Dietitians podcast. If you're looking for more content like this to help you overcome burnout, imposter feelings, and limiting beliefs that are holding you back from feeling confident and passionate about your work, grab my free 10-day journal for dietitians at www.empoweringdietitians.com slash free. In 10 short days, I'll guide you through your first steps of overcoming burnout and imposter feelings and get you on the path to feeling more confident as a dietitian. Again, the link to grab your copy is www.empoweringdietitians.com slash F-R-E-E. And one last thing, if you found this episode valuable, it would mean the world to me if you would share it with your dietitian friends and leave a positive review. Those two things help this podcast reach more dietitians who need to hear these messages. And together, we can really start to change the landscape of our profession for the better.